Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Charlie Watts is dead at the age of 80 after a successful surgery. So uh, he he was not touring. He like stepped off the tour for the Rolling Stones in August because he supposedly got a surgery. And of course, I'm always like, I bet he got the vaccine. I bet he got sick from the vaccine. So then he died. And I was like, I'm sure he got the vaccine. I have no idea. I do expect a lot more people over the next year or so, like old people, not that old, but people, you know, just like a record number of aging celebrity deaths. But I hate to say this, but when I, so we, my son is a drummer. And so he really likes the drummers always. So Charlie Watts was the drummer and we would go, we would take him to the Rolling Stones, whatever. So I thought he'd be upset. Now we did call him the Crypt Keeper anyway, because I don't know if you know what he looks like, but he kind of already looked dead. So when I texted my son, Charlie Watts is dead. I thought he was going to be upset. And he texts back. It's about time. <laughs> but I, I mean he didn't wish him ill but it's just funny because he kind of already looked dead although i thought like you know because he was kind of a skeleton those people those skinny wiry guys usually can make it but anyway that makes me think knows? of keith richards no he very... drinks the baby's blood he's never gonna die well he looks like he's dead he looks like he sleeps in a coffin yeah yes no the crypt keeper is the guy he sits well, that's what we call him. It's Charlie Watts. He's a, he sits on the drum kit in the back and just can barely. I've never seen a drummer with less energy, but uh, he does the job and that's cool. So that's not a big story, but it, you know, that's a headline. So he was still touring up until the age of 80? Yes. And I saw him not that long ago. I mean, not that long ago. And we thought it was going to be their last show. And my son. Is young and we figured they would never he would never see them. So they were playing. This is what we did. I I have like I'm not like the greatest, I have no instincts when it comes to parenting. Like I'm just waiting for my kids to grow up so we can hang out and have cocktails together. So, but in the meanwhile, I try to do my best. And one of the things that we did was that the Stones were playing in Prague, and we thought it would be the only opportunity for my son to see them, and he was interested. So we took him to Prague to see him. And it was it was pretty crazy. Like the intro act was some kind of goth, weird death metal guy, but also like 70 years old. <laughs> so yeah, it was totally bizarre. Anyway, so we we have seen actually the almost dead Charlie Watts for a long time. And now he is apparently fully dead. Well, maybe he looks so, a little better. I don't know. I, I think he probably looks mostly the same. So and another little tidbit, Kathy Hochul becomes the first female government governor of New York. Some people think that she was instrumental in pushing out Cuomo, who resigned under I believe he resigned under the pressure of sexual harassment pending charges. We do have Cuomo to thank for the first female governor. There you go. He did. He did strike a blow for female leadership. But I think this might be a dress rehearsal or modeling the big Oedipal show of of Biden, who is I, I think Biden is getting set up to get taken out and doesn't yeah. know it. We like, I don't it. Think he, yeah. He's got such a big ego. He probably doesn't realize because I think he's actually quite fit. I don't think he sees this coming. Yeah, I think he might be on the way out a little bit sooner than I expected. That is something that I noticed right away 
in that. That looks like this could mirror the Biden Kamala transfer. Yeah, just get your, you know, carve those pathways out, kind of like predictive programming. And then one more little uh, one off item. Hundreds of California recall ballots. Actually, that was the headline. Hundreds of it was thousands, thousands of California recall ballots, as well as drugs and a loaded gun were found in a passed out felon's car in Torrance, California. So Governor Newsom was going down at the same time as Cuomo. I didn't expect both of them to go down. Whatever happens, happens. Those guys are well taken care of, no doubt. They either get killed or they get taken care of, in my opinion. So Newsom's recall election is coming up. And Larry Elder, who is a a radio host out here, used to be, uh, who I saw at Freedom Fest, and I approached him, and he was bristly but anyway so uh he so he's kind of he's catching up or he's he's really going full steam ahead so i tried to figure out like were these torrance county ballots whatever but or it's torrance isn't a county but it's only like six thousand people even voted in torrance last time i think so thousands of ballots would be all of them and i tried to figure if it was republican or what in any case i think it was for like la county and it may have been targeted to one political leaning district or another. I don't know. But it made me think that Newsom is on the run. I, I can't believe it. But he must. I think he must be. So you think he's going to lose? No, I think he's definitely I don't think he's going to lose because I think this kind of stuff is happening. So but if I but that's funny, because when I went to the Torrance police Facebook page that reported this bust, they said it was thousands of pieces of mail. And you could see in the picture that they were all ballots. Yet the headline says hundreds, which is kind of funny because hundreds doesn't sound like a lot, but thousands sounds like a lot. I'm picturing a guy who looks like he probably had a rough night out, just passed out awkwardly (laughs) on a stack of ballots, just surrounding him everywhere (laughs) in his car. He was passed out. That's for sure. But I don't I so clearly, I mean, this is a guy who's I, I he's a drug dealer, or whatever. I believe there was some other fraudulent nonsense in this guy's um, you know, within his reach. And I feel like he is just probably a guy who was paid to do stuff like this and who who I paid mean, him to should, do it. Yeah, they should have chose better. Yeah, and <laughs> I and I feel yes, exactly. He's yes, they could have with so much at stake, you would think. Just don't but, pass out with the ballots in your car. And, a, and a trunk full of Xanax, apparently. <laughs> so I don't know about this guy, but I feel like they, maybe they get so many people to do it. They can't be too picky, like the kind of reverse poll worker thing. Like they just had to get anybody who could would show up, give them $15 an hour, like the guy we met on a Zoom party one day coming up to one of our Zoomers houses. Maybe it's just a, a just a guy making a buck. But it is I, I mean, it seems much more likely that it's Newsome who's behind, like the Newsom team who's behind it, than one of the many people who is trying to unseat him. So I think there are two things on the ballot. One is, do you want Newsom to go? And the other is, who should replace him? So I don't know if the people who say, I don't want him to go, if they actually get to cast a vote for who would replace him. You know, it's kind of tricky. I think they don't. So you would only get, like it would skew to the people who don't like Newsom 
So maybe half the people or 51% of the people get them out. If only their votes count, you would get kind of a more conservative person than you otherwise would if it was head to head between a Democrat and a Republican in a left leaning state. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that they didn't get to choose. They could only vote him out. They well, I, I didn't I don't I don't see the ballot and I was reading an article, but I didn't really understand the nuance of the question. I think I understand it now, which is either those people who aren't voting Newsom out don't think to vote in the second question or their ballots just get discarded because they get to vote for one person. So I guess that's the thing. You get to vote for somebody. It can be Newsom. It can be Elder. It can be the guy who had that funny parody site who I like. I don't know, but... I guess that's the way it works. I haven't seen the ballot yet. I haven't. They do come in the mail here, and I do expect to see one floating across my kitchen counter. But I do you know seen what the yet. L.A. Times labeled Larry Elder a couple days ago? Oh Lord! They called him the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> so now that was their headline. <laughs> okay, so now, so do you? So he's a black guy who identifies as a white supremacist. He is a white. He believes that white people are superior. I believe they're calling him an Uncle Tom. Right. Which is pretty well, racist. Considering that he's a guy who actually made his living talking. So he probably has his own, you know, well expressed and vetted thoughts and yeah. could be credited with his own opinions rather than. Uh, it doesn't matter. They get away with it. They get away with saying And in this California, crazy do you stuff. really think the Uncle Tom persona is what California is looking for in their <laughs> their black guys? I don't think so. But anyway. So there you go. There that's my grab bag of of top stories. Very interesting. Well, I have a story here about Pfizer. Not only has it received that coveted FDA approval, it's also received a new name. Pfizer, formerly known as Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine or Pfizer BioNTech, is now known as Comirnaty. Comirnaty, spelled C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y. Some interesting things about Go ahead. <laughs> what is your first thought on it? First thought is I was trying to find information on vaccine break- breakthrough cases and I got redirected to a, I believe it was a CDC article that said how to get pregnant people, women to get, take the vaccine. And I, I saw an article like that too. Naming it co-maternity. It. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it means. I mean, I, yeah, I know it's not yes. quite co-maternity, but that's probably what it looks like. Sort of, they, but they are playing off of that theme. I'll tell you exactly what that is in a second. Well, there's a couple purposes for them to do this. The rebranding, anytime you have negative feelings associated with a brand, then you can change it. And I think they might do this as a standard protocol for vaccines, but there's definitely an idea of separating that negative feel that people who are unvaccinated have, because that enables them to now approach the unvaccinated with a new brand, a public-facing brand detached from the name Pfizer. 
Nice. And yes, the scientists yes, can continue to talk tainted, about it. Yeah. So the scientists can write papers and they can talk freely about the Pfizer studies and the results that they have found. And the more the media pushes this new name out there, the more those results get buried so they can reveal some of their findings and they won't show up high in the search rankings. And then a year from now, somebody might say, hey, did you see that study about the Pfizer vaccine that had all these horrible things? You grow a second head after two years and people will go, "Ooh, thank goodness I got the Comirnaty vaccine. Not realizing it's the same thing. Two things I have on that. One is they I, I don't know if people know how bad or a bad reputation the drug Accutane has. Did you ever hear of Accutane? It's an acne, oh, yeah. acne medicine. Terrible reputation. It lost so many lawsuits for like IBD. It also caused depression. I actually attribute my nephew's death to that. He was 40, 41. He died of COVID, of COVID cancer, of colon cancer. And uh, he got depression and IBS when he was on Prozac and it never went away and ended up. And I believe, I think there may be a chance that that contributes to the amazing surge in colon cancer deaths among millennials. So I was very cautious about when my doctor, our dermatologist recommended some acne medicine, oral medicine for my kids, only to discover that they, that Accutane changed its name. This was literally in my research, changed its name because it lost so many lawsuits. So it still is being sold, but because it lost so many lawsuits, it's no longer. And then the other thing I would say reminds me of the Steinle case, which I'll tell you, psychologically, it's crazy because was I all over that Kate Steinle woman in San Francisco got killed on people from the minute it happened all over it. I was investigating the case. I was waiting for the guy to go to trial. I was writing to the public defender's office in San Francisco, demanding answers. And I was researching it. I did shows on it. And one day... They changed the guy's name. It and was now impossible I don't, to find. Yeah. I can't, I don't even remember a- any of his names. I don't remember his old name. I think it was like Zapata or something, but not quite, you know, like, I don't know. And now I can, and now it's like Juan Jose Gomez, like something ridiculously common. So I just, that was it. I can never, ever follow up unless I start with what was that guy's name again? It is uh, yeah, as, th- as true. I think that's the strategy. You separate the two, you get the public brand. And so people are making fun of it all over Twitter. But what that does is it reinforces the use of that as the new name. And the media will continue to push that new name until they are just completely separated. And the scientists can just reveal all their secrets. Does it have a cute logo? I don't know. I I haven't seen the new logo Or maybe does it look like just a generic pharma thing like anything else that you see on an ad? I'll have to look at that. I have not seen the logo. There wasn't a logo in the story that I saw. But another thing that they do with these name changes is it gives them an easier way to market, to communicate it. It doesn't have that long science-like name. But it also symbolizes a meaning that they want to inject, that they want it to stand for. And here's how one of their people put it. They said that ultimately the formula for success in naming is a strong, distinctive name with meaning that over time will hopefully come to stand for or symbolize the hope and innovation that the underlying product itself is for. And then we have the description of what is in this name. So what makes up this name? Comirnaty represents a combination of terms, COVID-19, mRNA, community, 
and immunity to highlight the first authorization of a messenger RNA, mRNA vaccine, as well as the joint global efforts that made this achievement possible. The name is meant to evoke community. And when you say it and look at it, it looks kind of like community. I think maybe instead of community, they should have gone with communism, maybe. <laughs> communism? Yeah, communism. Yeah, something like that. Communism. Maybe throw an R in there. Well, but I would see, say the global yeah. effort isn't exactly community. It's the opposite. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's the rich people. Yeah. Doing it and <laughs> shutting down the businesses of all the other people. But if you look at the spelling of it, the CO is COVID, the M-I-R-N-A is M-R-N-A, the T-Y is community immunity. And there's your new name. There's the new symbol of hope. Well, Moderna is uh, R-N-A at the end. That That's what that's for. I forget what the what the fir- first uh, modified RNA, I think it might stand for. You know what Moderna's name is likely going to be? Spike what? Vax. No. That's what, they're, that's what it looks that. like they're going to go with. Spike no. Vax. No. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> that makes my blood clot. It's a terrible name. I can feel my blood turning to jello yeah. just thinking about that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um... Wow. Moderna, yeah, it's either messenger RNA or modified RNA. Oh, so so there's an unintended consequence or perhaps an intended consequence of the FDA approval that they got. I saw this today, and this is interesting because this is going to happen. This is going to probably expedite the process of getting children vaccinated. So when you get FDA approval for a drug, you also give doctors the ability once you get that approval to prescribe the drug off label so if you go in for an ankle sprain your doctor's like maybe i ought to give you the community vaccine you might want to get a new doctor but by prescribing it off label that means that they technically can prescribe it to children under 12 off label and the fda has come out and said not to do that but they are suggesting not to do that they're highly recommending not to do that but they still can do it and what the what the fda statement is actually doing is letting people know that they can actually do that and parents are already requesting this to be done I was going to say, I, that's so weird because just this morning I saw a headline that said parents clamoring for their under 12s or something to get vaccinated. And Off I just, label. I didn't, I didn't realize why that article was there at that moment. Wow. That is messed up. Um, yeah. It used to be, Moderna used to be called mode RNA. I don't know what, you know, what that really means. Um Wow, that totally blows my mind. That really blows my mind because ivermectin can't, like, expressly can't be used for anything. Do you, are you familiar with this thing? Like, ivermectin, they won't give it to you. I, someone was telling the me about a lawsuit. Drug. It's not, though. I mean, it is because it works on mammals. But the a friend of mine was saying how uh, uh, they knew someone, I believe it was a personal interaction they had with somebody who's, Mom went into the hospital and the doctor, her doctor, who was not at the hospital, prescribed ivermectin for her to be put on it in the hospital. And the hospital would not do it. And the family was insisting. They called their lawyer in real time. They didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. And the mom died. So now they're suing. But you are supposed to do what the doctor says. And I don't know 
it would be unprecedented in certainly my awareness to take a drug that's totally for common usage and not let it be used for one specific thing. And it certainly isn't the thing. It isn't that it is particularly deadly when given to people with COVID. That is not what the evidence suggests. Quite the contrary. Yeah. I'm Quite just imagining a doctor saying, are you vaccinated? No, I'm not. Well, it looks like you you have a little bit of a rash on your ear. I'm going to go ahead and write you a prescription for the uh, comirnaty vaccine. <laughs> they don't even tell you, especially if it's an injection. They just say, wait here. And what I, I totally agree with you. I know that's a joke, but the fact is, if you get the flu or any kind of they, they probably won't even wait for a test. They might, they might, they might do a rapid test, rapid test. I don't know how accurate they are, but I remember when one of my kids got the flu and tested positive for the flu two years ago. No, December 2019, which I guess is a year and a half ago. And I would have thought it was COVID in retrospect, except for he literally got a positive flu test and they gave him some prescription medicine and I looked at, I was like, they got something for the flu now, you know? So I looked it up and it said, uh, has a lot of complicated side effects and definitely no clinical evidence that it works after 24 hours of onset of symptoms. And then I'm not taking my kids to the doctor 24 hours, within 24 hours of getting symptoms unless it's really bad. So yeah. he'd already had it for a while. So it was totally wrong usage of that thing. Am I, according to my research? So I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised if they just start handing that stuff out willy-nilly i don't know if they would do it when someone's already sick that would be kind of messed up yeah well it depends on what the effort is to get people vaccinated at that time i don't know how long it's going to go for i know fauci kind of hinted at how long he thinks it will go for i don't know oh, if he was hinting yeah. at it or threatening <laughs> like a mobster yeah I, I saw that i saw that he said he said that it would probably come under control in um, fall or next winter. And I was like, he can't mean next fall or next winter. You know, like he can't be talking about a year and a half from now. And then he corrected himself and said, maybe sooner, maybe spring 2022. So it looks like that's what they're setting us up for. And I'm going to recall what I said before I uh, was out of town was that World War II, and now I discover World War One. there is, I would say, overwhelming evidence that the powers that be extended those wars for significant amounts of time. I think World War One maybe was extended by, I think, I didn't read the book yet, I ordered it, called Prolonging the Agony. I think it was three years. So, and World War Two was pushed, the Battle of the Bulge happened after the agony was prolonged intentionally, I believe, by Eisenhower. So, my point is just that this is World War Three, and maybe Civil War Two coming. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is maybe World War Three, and then the Russian Revolution in America kind of thing. You know, like who knows what how it's going to play off each other. But if it's working, they will prolong it. It's very hard to get a good war started, I guess, and they're not gonna they're not gonna let it die. But I I'm just. So frustrated, so frustrated by this idea that it's the unvaccinated people who are responsible for this surge, especially among young people. I told you the article yesterday where they were all about the COVID resurgence among like young, healthy people in L.A. And this was not happening last year. I can tell you I was here. It was not happening. And 
I, my first reaction was these are vaccinated people. And the only two people in the article were vaccinated people. My observation, other people too, I know because the people in those classes are really vaccinated. They're really, really vaccinated. And if they're not, now they're back to work, they're back to school, and they have to take COVID tests all the time. Now, I was reading the recommendations. If you're sick, you don't take a test. You're presumed COVID, you go home, you quarantine. You don't want to take a test because the test is the day it starts your quarantine period. Whereas if you don't take a test, you can just start your quarantine period the day you got symptoms. So people, if you're sick, you're not taking the test, okay? So anyone who's taking the test is asymptomatic. Vaccinated people who are going to work do not have to take the test. Only unvaccinated people take the test, right? So you would assume that basically all cases of asymptomatic people would be unvaccinated people because vaccinated people are not getting the test, right? So you would assume that there'd be like no positives among vaccinated people. Plus, you'll recall the CDC recommended a much lower cycle rate for vaccinated people. And in my investigation, I discovered that the CDC stopped counting breakthrough cases as of May. Yeah. So when you go even to find that information, you click through the CDC just to see what they are calculating, hospitalizations or whatever, Literally, you click through and it clicks you through eventually to the first article again. It is a circle. Yeah. It's a circle. Yeah, I saw that about them not counting it anymore. I was like, wait a minute. How can you sit here and tell me all of the cases right. are unvaccinated when you just told me that you stopped counting the vaccinated cases? And why on earth would you stop counting them? I mean, the trials are basically still underway. Like, that's what you need, right? They blew up the trial, the actual control trial. Now it's just a gen pop trial. You need that information. And if you're not counting it, you're never getting it. So I just did some math and I discovered that it said in for the week ending Saturday, I think it was just the Saturday, might have been the week before, the average case rate among uninoculated residents, you never know what the hell these people are talking about, uninoculated residents um, my guess is, so they count you as unvaccinated up until two weeks after your second shot. So maybe they're saying uninoculated, meaning the inoculation isn't effective until you're fully vaccinated. They don't want to say unvaccinated people because it includes recently vaccinated people. Okay. Well, how does the booster factor into that? I wonder now that the booster. Oh, I'm wondering when they're going to. When they're going to like reset your original two to zero. I don't, but not yet. It hasn't happened yet. So it says 50, it says under uninoculated people's 51 per 100,000 were getting positive cases. Then uh, they said that was six times what the vaccinated were getting. So there's eight out of 100,000. Now remember, vaccinated people aren't getting tested really at all unless they're sick. So, and the cycle rate is lower. And also, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, I know like math is It's such is a manipulation hard, of data. It's just it so is. Blatant. And then they say like only 20% of the people who test positive even have symptoms. So it's very hard to get the numbers of who's what. But I was just looking and there, apparently there are 2 million government workers in California and there's only 1.4 million healthcare workers. Like, just think of how lopsided that is. Like, how much government there is in California. So, California's government people working government have to get vaccinated. And um, 
or tested, but 85% of them are vaccinated. So that's 300,000 unvaccinated people getting tested out of that group. There's 1.4 million healthcare workers, same thing. 75% of them are vaccinated. 350,000 are unvaccinated getting tested like twice a week. There are only 280,000 tests a day. So like a big portion of those people are unvaccinated people who are going to work and are asymptomatic. And none of them are vaccinated people who are going to work and are asymptomatic. Wouldn't that also suggest that since the unvaccinated people are getting tested and they're not going to work if they test positive and the vaccinated people are not getting tested, would would that not suggest that the ones spreading it are the vaccinated people? That's a great point. A really great point. Oh, the only people I know who have it, who've gotten it recently, have been fully vaccinated. As a matter of fact, I was in Saratoga. That was one of the things I did on my vacation. I would go to the races in Saratoga because my mom likes that. So I'm sitting in the bar, as one does, the horseshoe. And <laughs> I was like the only one at the bar. I just, it was raining. I don't feel like going to the track. So I'm watching the races on TV. And uh, they show a, a memorial to a cameraman, a Saratoga racetrack cameraman, about 41 years old. The guy, his name was Hatmaker. And I, and they said he succumbed to COVID. Left two or three little kids. And what do I do, even on vacation? You look without, up the super computer and I just typed in his name and wrote fully vaccinated and of course he was so they call it a COVID death but I think you know (sighs) how can you not be at least a little hesitant with such blatant manipulation of data happening I'm not even saying that I'm not even commenting on the the science, whatever they want to call it. Just the blatant manipulation alone should make you pause. It makes me pause anyway. Absolutely. Well, there's so much. I mean, I've just really been frustrated lately, but uh, let's move on to a different topic. (laughs) Our last big story of the Free 30. It's my turn to tell you about what I think are some important things about what's happening in Afghanistan. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Patreon 15. From the U.S. to Australia, from Tennessee to Hollywood, some people are finally speaking out. We'll tell you the who, the what, and the why in the Patreon 15. And before that, we are going to give a big shout out to the sponsor of today's show. I'm going to throw this sponsor an extra little ad because I actually got an email this morning saying, oh, who, what, what was that website called again? So let's hear our favorite, one of our, our, our charitable, most charitable sponsors who does this as a labor of love. Let's hear from Molly. We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show, and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI, and some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife, Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of this serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare 
rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature. Yet because of MRIs, it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies. The long-term effects of using this heavy metal and the millions of MRIs that are done every year are not yet known. Molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all. Knowledge is power. So learn more about gadolinium in MRIs at Molly's website, www.mridie.com. That's www.mridie.com. So we thank Molly for her support, and we hope that you support her or at least check out her work. It is a labor of love. And check out our work, our absolutely jaw-dropping clips, videos, conversations on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We're a little behind on the posting there because I was out of town, but we're going to hit the ground running with what was, we were in the middle of something, weren't we, Binkley? What are we, what's our next Rockfin? What are we in the middle of dropping? The Rockfin series. It's with that guy. We were deconstructing a panel discussion that was put out by the Center for Countering Digital Hate. (laughs) They were talking about their propaganda messaging effort. Yes. And of course, it has nothing to do with digital hate, right? It has probably just to do with the vaccine. I think that's that guy's current contract with the powers that be. Yeah. I can't. uh, Anyway, so... He really makes my blood boil. So if you if you enjoy a little uh, emotional display, then I think that was the last one to drop. But we're going to do a couple more in the next week or two. So check that out. And of course, you can always join us for an extended drive time news blast every single solitary day on patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on to our last big story of the free 30. Just I'm trying to catch up with get back up to speed on the what's happening in Afghanistan. So I remember reading a book by Michael Scheuer, who always struck me as a tad hinky. He was the head of the Osama bin Laden unit for the CIA and emphasized the failures of intelligence. And that's why it all happened and yada, yada, yada. But he said like amazingly critical things. He gave information. He just, to me, classic limited hangout. I hesitate to say stuff like that about him because he scares me a little bit. So anyway, I read a book by him called Imperial Hubris, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was, I have a couple books by him, but that was one of them. It sounds like your autobiography of James Comey. He, I think he does fancy himself the emperor. But this guy said that what we would do in Afghanistan is we would invade we would waste our time trying to nation build. And 10 years later, we would leave and it would fall again to the Taliban. So it's been 20 years, basically. And yes, it is, quote, falling back to the Taliban. So for me, that's not a prediction. That's a plan. That's a guy who knows the plan, wrote the plan. Um, I think his wheels have like shot off. He's gone full like Q, Deep State, whatever, Scheuer. I can't, I can only see that from the Daily Beast. So I didn't have time to like, uh, I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, so, so I think there are a couple of things going on. One is that, that you have a Democrat. You're going to call him a peacenik. You're going to say he did it for peace. He did it for short-sighted ideology. But the practical reality is you've got to constantly bomb everybody all the time. In the name of self-defense, you know, so he's going to pull out and we're going to say, see what happens when you when you uh, follow your ideals and now look what you've done. Now we have to have World War Three or whatever, whatever they're going to do with it. They're definitely going to there's there's definitely a plan. 
Now, the who's taking over there is the Taliban. So for me, I don't know what the Taliban used to be. I'm pretty sure we always controlled it. But now I have, you know, for me, I still think that we're just controlling it, that that's, they're our puppets. And just a little backstory on that. So if people have seen Charlie Wilson's war, it's about how we kind of created Al-Qaeda. I don't know if they even call it that. They used to be called, you know, that means the base, which meant the database supposedly, which was originally called Osama's Afghans. So Osama bin Laden from a big Saudi family works with us supposedly. I think that's in the congressional record as per Hillary Clinton. Um, but what people don't usually talk about is it wasn't to repel the Russian invasion. It was to provoke it. It happened first under Carter and Brzezinski. They got those guys to get uppity. Then during during Reagan and Charlie Wilson, there was a guy in there uh, or in that fight called Haqqani. It was called the Haqqani Network. Charlie Wilson called him good personified. That's a famous quote. I found all my old notes from when that Bergdahl guy was like... Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about that, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he was there for five years and I was like, I smelled a rat. And this was when I was on WSB. So I'd like spent the entire week researching it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Look at this map. It's like Condoleezza Rice put out this map, like the new Middle East. And one of the pieces in it was that Afghanistan would be broken into three parts. And one part of it would be Pashtunistan and it would gather in some of Pakistan and it would be the Sakani folks. And even the Bergdahl guys, we traded like five guys for Bergdahl. Actually, some of these guys might be... They're out now. Yeah, those five guys, supposedly. And I was like, we traded them. We've been trading them. We're just pushing them back there. This was probably all set up just to get them back. So two of the Taliban leaders right now, one of them is Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. He was one of the founders of the Taliban, supposedly. And he was a deputy of Mullah Omar. And uh, the, another guy that you'll see the name pop up is Masoor, I believe, where um, these are all Haqqani guys. This says that guy, Baradar, who's now one of the people vying for control of the Taliban and therefore Afghanistan right now, was captured by the ISI, which is the Pakistani intelligence, which we work hand in hand with, and the CIA in February 2010 and was released in October 2018 uh, at the request of the United States. So he was in. So I guess he was captured in Pakistan. Uh, we got him out. I don't know the backstory on that, but now he's one of the guys vying for control. And this other guy, Malawi Habutala Akinzada. I don't know. I can't pronounce Sounds these Sounds correct to me. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, he's also part of the Akani Network. He was part of the so-called resistance to the Soviet invasion. And I just feel like that is proof positive that these guys are, you know, our our puppets are in there. And of course, the vis- visible proof of the puppets will that there are puppets will be that the poppy fields go undisturbed. And and back in the day, I think the Taliban did foster the poppy trade, taxed it. I always I'm always against regulating and taxing drugs because then the government is incented to for you to produce more and sell more. That's why I hate taxing recreational drugs. It's just a bad, perverse incentive. But they used to do that. And then in 2000, the UN said, stop. And the Taliban cooperated with that, basically eradicated it overnight. Then I guess their finances collapsed. So 
shortly thereafter we took over. But I so Taliban looked like they had a religious opposition to the poppies, but I'm not sure it was. I don't really expect it to go away unless they have something in store for us, unless they want us to start using synthetic drugs. You know, I don't know. So that like I just I feel like when you look at what happened to pot fentanyl, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I always That's say it with okay. that southern drawl. It's charming. Anyway, so <laughs> I feel like I was a fire hose today. Sorry about that. That's I'm right. still a little rusty. No, you're, and, it's uh, good to have you back. You got a lot of uh, uh, you had a, a two weeks to think about things and you're ready to get it out. Dude, I thought about nothing. I, <laughs> I, I I didn't read any news, nothing. I felt like I had to, you know, it's like um, putting air on an open wound. You just have to kind of like air it out. And so I feel like I was airing my brain out a little bit. <laughs> it was just too much, too much hard, like dark gook in there. Now I feel much better, a little bit yeah. raring to go. So let's, let's, uh, I'll take it down. A notch in the Patron 15. All right. Well, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow or in the Patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 